you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. team for coming early today, rehearsing and leading us into the presence of the Lord. Let's give them a great big hand today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse number 17 into your hearing. Most of us have read this text many times, and We're well aware of the fullness of this text. Perhaps many of you could quote it, but I want to take a moment to break out a little revelation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Then there's a semicolon punctuation mark indicating a pause typically between two different ideas and then the writer uses the word behold the whole purpose behind that word behold in this sentence is to prolong the pause to give us more time to contemplate what is coming Old things are passed away. Then that pause. Then he says, all things. Old things are passed away. All things. All things. Everybody say all things. Are become new. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word today, God. Thank you for your word today. If we're not careful, you can be seated. If we're not careful, we'll get caught up in the fog of our past, talking about old things being passed away. Instead of seeing the blessings of God that are in our future, that all things become new. But if you can get off, get your mind off the things that you are leaving behind, and focus on who's walking with you, eventually you're going to be able to start seeing a little more clearly. And we'll start seeing that all things are become new. With the help of the Lord today, I want to talk to you for a little while about from the subject caught in the fog. Caught in the fog. 
in the Midwest, perhaps some of the worst driving conditions found in the wintertime when we drive in blowing snow. Can I get a witness? When the conditions get rough and you can hardly see whiteout conditions, they call it. It's some of the most treacherous driving conditions that I have witnessed being raised up, of course, on the Gulf Coast region. We never dealt with snowstorms and whiteout conditions from snowstorms, but we regularly had to navigate the risk of getting caught in the fog. And in certain seasons of weather change, particularly, fog would become extremely bad. And along the I-10 corridor, there's areas that are known, they're renowned for being extremely foggy areas. And it's not just a day or two, but literally can go through months and even surprise attacks from fog. And the fog can be so thick that you literally cannot see a vehicle in front of you with its lights on. It's the most extreme fog. And many automobile accidents happen. Many lives are lost because people get caught in the fog. My growing up years, leaving to drive somewhere, um, my dad's concern for my driving skills in the fog or lack thereof would often end with him saying, son, the fog's really bad. Take your time. Drive slow. If you get in the fog, be sure to slow down or pull over. Wait a while. Fog's not only a danger to drivers, but mariners, outdoorsmen. Anybody trying to navigate can often get caught in the fog. Outdoorsmen can be in the woods on a hunting excursion and literally lose direction without a compass, would have no ability to be able to tell where they are are going or where they have come from because the fog would set in so dense and so heavy that one would completely lose their direction in the midst of the fog. I can only imagine the hours that followed after Jesus had died on the cross. Imagine what the followers of Jesus must have felt as he hung upon the cross and was buried in a borrowed tomb. They had followed him for three and a half years only for the journey to seemingly end at the point of his death and burial. Their hearts, no doubt, were filled with gloom and despair. Jesus appeared to have been eradicated, defeated. No one knew that Easter was coming Between the crucifixion and the resurrection, there was a dense cloud or a dense fog, if I can use the term today, that caused doubt and fear and unbelief. 
The followers of Christ could not see him. They could not feel him. They could not hear him. It appeared that they had wasted three and a half years of their life following him and listening to him and learning from him. And then things in life become very blurry. Their thoughts become foggy. And their hopes became dashed. They were caught in the fog of defeat. It seemed there was no way out. I have a feeling that may be where some of us are today. The world is out of control. Things seem to be so extremely foggy. And if I'm not preaching to you today or to online listeners today, pardon me and give me a little space today because I'm going to preach to myself for a few moments. If, if I don't encourage anyone else today, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. I think I'm in the book. I need to encourage myself and maybe encourage some of you that are in this room today and tell you that you may be failing to fully understand the meaning of the semicolon in your life. Maybe the pause that is in your life that is ordained of the Lord is designed for your purpose. We perceive this this season in our lives. We perceive it as defeat. We feel justified by our fear. We feel okay with our worry. Maybe we're living in the brutal fog of only having a portion of the real message that God is trying to speak into our lives. I'm not sure who all I would be preaching to today if I'm not preaching to all of us. I am certain I'm preaching to some of us. You may have walked into this building today frustrated because of some of the things that you look back in life and you feel like you are leaving behind. Old things seem to be passed away. When one comes out of the world of darkness, of sin, and despair, if we're not careful, we'll get caught up thinking about the things that we have walked away from and the things that are behind us instead of focusing on all things becoming new. We let fear and doubt and worry and unbelief cloud our minds and we live in the fog of what we're walking away from instead of the reality of the blessings and the joy that God has in our future. I spoke to a man just a couple of days ago and he said, you've read the book, 
You know what all that is happening in the world means. What little I understand, he said. I'm seeing things begin to line up. I took that opportunity to take a break for a moment and say to him, everything's lining up. And I'm telling you what is in the future for the people of God is greater than anything that we've ever had in our past. There is a promise for God's people. There is a hope for our future. We're not, the church is not going down. The church is destined to rapture. And we're going to see Jesus. It doesn't matter. Matter how cloudy, how foggy you may seem to be walking through today in the clouds and the dense fog of life, but I want you to know He has a prosperous end for your life, for the church. There is a future to be had. Maybe your situation has caused more questions then it is brought answers. Everyone else seems to be hearing from God, but you haven't heard a word from God in a while. Everyone else seems to be receiving their healing, but you're not even sure that you know where God, if God knows where you are right now. Everyone else is being blessed, but you haven't, been even feeling his presence and perhaps in the fog of unbelief or fear or worry or doubt you're beginning to question you may be even starting to wonder if he even cares about where you are I want to tell you today that that's what happens in the fog you get disoriented easily in the fog. It's hard to perceive. Your perception changes in the fog. You can't see very far ahead of you, behind you, or around you. It seems like the world is collapsing in around you. And I want somebody to know today that this foggy pause that you may be going through in your life perhaps is intended to get your attention and get you to focus your attention away from all of the other things of life in this world and to get you to focus on Him. God has not forgotten you. The scripture said there would be a day when even his church, Zion hath said, the Lord hath forsaken me and my God hath forgotten me. But he said, I have not forgotten thee, but behold, I have graven thee in the palm of my hand. I come today to tell you about a Savior that was so determined for you to know that he had not forgotten you, that he took nails in his hand as a daily reminder to him that no matter how dark it seems in your life, how foggy it seems in your life, he hasn't forgotten you. He knows where you are and he's with you and he's for you and he is not against you and he will return for you. 
Behold, I have graven thee in the palms of my hand and thy walls are forever before me. That was a betrothal idea that the Lord was using saying I've engaged myself to the church. Don't ever think I'm going to walk away from you and leave you at the altar. But I go away to prepare a place for you and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you can be also. He took it in his hand so you could know I haven't forgotten you. I'm coming back for you to receive you to myself. He hasn't forgotten about you. While we may think nothing positive is happening in life, maybe God's designed the fog to slow us down a little bit so he can work some things into our life and work some things out of our life that you simply wouldn't be able to see any other way. That doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It just means that this is not permanent. It's just a season. It's designed for a moment. We all live through seasons of life, but you're not going to stay here. It's a season. Just hold on. When the fog lifts, and it will, everybody say it will. Come on, online listeners, it's all right. Go ahead and say it will. When the fog lifts, everything around you will make sense. And it'll sound something like this. Behold, all things have become new. What I didn't know when I was in the fog is that God was working things where I could not see. <laughs> Even when I can't see it, He's working. Even when I can't feel Him, He's working. Because He never stops working it for your good. He never stops working on your behalf. When you're asleep, He's working. When you're worried, He's working. When you're filled with doubt, he's working. When life seems foggy, he's working. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. God uses time to perfect us. Verse 11 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 said, He hath made everything beautiful in his When my wife makes soup or gumbo, mm -mm -mm. it only gets better with time. She makes a big pot of gumbo. I'm all right for just to sit it in the fridge and we'll order pizza for tonight. Because tomorrow, it will be better than today. Because the seasonings have time to work its way in. And oh, it's almost lunchtime. I shouldn't be preaching like this today. I know you may be caught in the fog right now. But I feel like just sharing with somebody today and telling you that God is working perfection into your life. Through the season of fog that he has put in to you.
For now it may be a season of heaviness. It's heavy fog. It's dense fog. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found of the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We all must learn the lesson that God is teaching us. It's a difficult lesson. We try to teach it to our children, yet some of us struggle with it. It's the first lesson we teach our children. Wait. Wait. But we want it now. God often teaches us patience but not giving us a now answer and allowing us to learn to survive in the fog. James chapter 1 verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire or complete, wanting nothing. God has always chose the hardships and the struggle of life to work better into your life. This week, at a moment of extreme weakness and sickness, my wife looked at me and said, I better come out of this better. I said, you've been looking for a hashtag the whole time you've been in this. Maybe there's your hashtag coming out better. God has always allowed us to go through things, never to take us down and bring us out the other side worse. But for a season we go through. But then the other side, there is always glory. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. Brother Bolinger mentioned to me the other night. He said, you've been talking, a lot of, a lot, a lot, talking to us a lot about process. It's because it's all through the Bible. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And in the process of time. Not my words, the Bible's words. And in the process of time, it came to pass. And it always does. It doesn't come to stay. It comes to pass. And in the process of time, it came to pass. That Cain brought forth from the ground an offering unto the Lord. You can read all through the scripture. There is always seasons of rain. But it, the Bible says rain in due season. Meat in due season. A word in due season. The scripture over and over again says in due season. The issue with fog is that fog typically is seasonal. Fog doesn't come and stay. It's seasonal while you and I would like to rush through the fog. And while we all await the next stanza of the next song. What's the next chapter going to look like? 
I've learned something about children and young people. They're always in a hurry. Probably if I ask Aiden this morning how old you are, you are 14? You're, you're, you're what? Run up here and say it in the microphone. I can't hear you. you are, you're what? I'm almost 14. You're, say it again. I, I didn't. I'm almost 14. I'm almost 14. That was perfect, Aiden. Thank you. I really did hear you the first time. I just wanted to make sure that everybody else heard. I'm, you know why? Because he's always anxiously awaiting. I'm almost 14. They're ready for the next season. They're ready for the next chapter. They're ready to move on. And then something happens somewhere along the way. When I say, well, I'm... I'm, my wife usually nudges me immediately and says, not yet you're not. I can be two days away from a birthday and say, well, I'm, I'm 52. And my wife says, no, you're not. You're 51. You won't be 52 for two more days. You see what happens? Because with time, some of us learn the lesson that maybe the next chapter may not be as good as the chapter we're living in. Mm. And so it happens that some of us are always, I want to see what God has for me next. I want to see what God is doing in my life next. Can I preach for a little bit to somebody in this room and tell you that you're not going to do any more in the next season than you're doing in this season? Oh, I thought I would have got a stronger amen than that. Somebody says, well, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, are you doing it now? And are you doing it here? And are you doing it where you are? Chances are if you're not winning souls now, where you are, you're not going to win souls when you get a little older or get down the road or move to a new location or get a new position. What you are doing now is most likely what you're going to do at the next season until you have a change in your now. There better be a change in your now before you are ready to go. I feel the resistance in the room right now, but I'm coming to tell somebody you got to stop getting caught up in the fog of life saying it's the fog's fault It's I, I would do more but it's foggy I would accomplish more I would give more I would be more I would, but it's foggy I tell you what you got to do you got to get up of a morning and say I may not be driving lickety split 80 miles an hour to work I may have to turn my flashers on and drive 30 but I'm going to plod alone because I know my employer is expecting me to be there on time to punch the time clock God may be saying I'm slowing you down from your 70 mile per hour pace to see if I can get some consistency in your life right now somebody needs to decide I'm going to do it now I'm going to work while it is day because a time is going to come when no man will be able to work in the kingdom of God you got to reach a soul now you got to have a testimony now. You got to be a witness now. But the tomb sealed. 
Give me just a minute. But the tomb is sealed. Jesus died buried in a tomb. They seal the tomb. They guard the tomb. And the world remains silent. They're waiting for the stone to be rolled away so that Jesus could appear. But when Mary and Martha make their way up, they look at one another and said, which one of us is going to roll away the stone? They knew the stone was bigger than them because what blocks you from being able to see into the tomb and recognize the miracle is usually your inadequacies. And so they could not roll the stone away, but yet an angel of the Lord appeared unto them and rolled the stone away for them. Not so that Jesus could come out of the tomb, but the angel of the Lord rolled the stone away so Mary and Martha could look into the tomb and see that Jesus was already gone out of the tomb. They rolled the stone away not for Jesus to get out because while the stone was still there, he was walking through hell and preaching the spirits that were captive. And he comes forth out of hell carrying the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But Mary and Martha had to have the stone rolled away so they could even see in to see an empty tomb because they would have never believed that he could exit a tomb that was sealed and closed. But he didn't just do it there. He also entered into a room without entering through the door to where the disciples were to prove the fact that I didn't just do it to get out of the tomb, but I also will enter into where you are to prove to you that I can come into situations that the door seems to be closed on. I can show up just to prove my power and my ability. Your, you may seem walled in with your fog. Your fogginess may be so bad you think nobody can even find me. An emergency vehicle can't get to where I am. But I'm telling you today, Jesus can walk through the wall and get to where you are and speak something into your life that will change your future. I'm closing. Jesus didn't just walk around unlocking doors, but he preached to spirits that were in prison. While you're still dealing with your sickness, Jesus is in prison speaking to the spirit of infirmity, saying if you know what's best for you, you would take your grimy hands off of my people. If we understood what was going on in the midst of our fog, your infirmity will be required to loose its grip off of you. And after they suffer a while, and I make them perfect and establish them, they're going to come out of this with more faith than ever anticipated. Somebody's been battling with addiction. I got a word to the spirit of addiction today. This fog's going to lift. 
and the sun is going to get in its position and the spirit of addiction is going to be lifted. Here's the thing about fog. Fog normally comes in the evening time, at night time, and in the wee early hours of the morning. The reason is, is because the sun evaporates the moisture out of the air or does what we call burns off the fog. So the issue is, is when the sun gets in position, you can always be assured that it's just a matter of time that the fog is going to be lifted or the fog is going to burn off. I don't want to sound silly and childish or juvenile in my preaching this morning, but I'm not preaching about the S-U-N, but when you get the S-O-N in the right position in your life, He's going to burn off the fog. It's not going to be able to stay. Because when the S-O-N is in the right position, it will eradicate the issues with the fog. You won't always be discouraged. Things won't always be the way they are. You won't always feel weak and used up. Your strength is coming. You won't always be worn out and weary because in due season you will reap if you faint not. Because as sure as the sun rises in the morning, times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That's where your help comes from. You got to get your head up from looking around you I look unto the hills from whence cometh my help there's a time and a season of refreshing that God has for you the risk of getting caught in the fog is connected to low light conditions but when the sun begins to rise and the sun gets in the position the fog that you feel caught in was never intended to be permanent. But as sure as that sun begins to rise, you can just sit where you are for a little while because the fog's going to lift. It may seem like a lifetime. I don't like waiting. But maybe you've been in a season of waiting. Old things have passed away. But the Lord sent me here today just to say these words to you. Behold, look, everything's about to become new. Because when that fog lifts, everything's going to be clear to you. You may feel under it today, but God's not under it. He's on top of it. For your light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh. For us, a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory. We may not understand it, but we know 
that all things work together to the good to them that love the Lord and are the call according to his purpose. That's you, that's me. Oh, let's stand to our feet this morning. Would you just lift your hands toward heaven all over this building right now and just ask the Lord to let his presence and power strengthen you. I'm going to open these altars. If anyone wants to walk to the front of this room to pray, these altars are open. Step out from where you are. Make your way to the front of this room today. God's got a blessing for you. He's got a future for you. Come on, let's seek him for a few moments today. Seek him today.